Welcome to episode 24 of the Two in the Authors podcast with me, David B. Lyons. And me, Robert Enright. And today is part two of our three-part marketing deep dive. And today's focus, David, is your favourite and my <laughs> Amazon ads. <laughs> Every um, indie author's favourite platform. Yeah, um, so today we're going to talk about Amazon ads. We're going to share our experiences with them, um, some hints and tips. Basically... We're just going to give you all the information we know about Amazon ads uh, to you, our fellow indie authors, uh, hopefully to help you maximize your sales through this platform. We'll also be taking an interesting mailbag question, as we always do. And then finally, David, we'll get to our seven questions um, where we are joined by crime writer Duncan Robb, who's got a fantastic surname. Um, Yes. (laughs) But we shall begin as we always do, by discussing the week that was, David. So, how have you been? Good, yeah, still uh, flowing with the writing, which is always the biggest positive I think we can have. Yes. Uh, So, I'm one chapter away from finishing the first draft of my Betsy Blake sequel novella. Um, Mm -hmm. I did say on last week's show I hope that we finished it by the time I spoke to you next week, but... um, I did a lot of redrafting of the first sort of 12 chapters that are in that. So it's 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 it has been worked on. Okay. Uh, I haven't been distracted Netflix. too much. <laughs> I haven't been on Netflix too much. But um, yeah, that's looking good. And I have the artwork back for it. I'm going to announce everything on Saturday. My email goes out on the first of every month. So April 1st, my followers will get an email with the new cover. And I will announce things on social media. So we're, 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 I'm gearing up towards that release, which I think is going to be May 4th. Mm. So it gives me another month now to redraft and, and then get everything ready, everything set up. Um, what else is this week? Uh, my my Facebook ads seem to be back working. They, they went, a bit, Good. went a bit weird over the past three or four months where ads that I could rely on, I could no longer rely on. Mm. I've sort of changed some imagery and a little bit of text and just refreshed them and it, Facebook seems to be it seems to be picking back up. Um, what else have I done this week? Oh, I I've designed my newsletter for which which will go out now on Saturday. So yeah, I, I've I've been dedicated. I've been a good boy this week. Good boy. A good boy. What about <laughs> you? <laughs> um, I've also been a good boy, David. Yes. Um, I did my Bermuda edits. Oh, I've great. Been putting off. Yeah wasn't too bad in the end but i am still cringing a little bit at at like i don't know because i'm just going through and fixing the mistakes that my my proofreaders uh, pointed out i haven't gone through and reread the whole book right but obviously there are some scenes where you're like i don't know if this works so i sit and read the scene and i'm like okay it's quite a cool scene and then there'll be another scene where I'll read it and I'll be like, oh. <laughs> yes, I know what <laughs> not you mean. Sure. Yeah. Obviously, I wrote this book seven years ago or something like that. It's like, I'm a much better writer now. Yeah. Um, and I've read so many more books since then as well, which obviously the more you read, the, the more kind of things you pick up on how other people write. And it's all part Absolutely. of it. So I'm just, I don't know. I'm still 50-50 about the scope of the task. 
I had a really good right, conversation okay. with with my uh, my incredible wife Sophie about it the other day. About is the series a series or is it going to be a trilogy? Like, right, based on the amount of effort to reward, if that makes sense. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. You have to you have to balance that up. I have to balance it out, and we say we never say it as a negative, but this is a business that I am running now. So, can I afford yeah. to pump? three or four months of my life into something pump all the money behind it to not see massive return on it i know what you mean yeah so yeah it's a bit, bit 50 50 right now but again um my wife's incredibly supportive and she's a really good sounding board for that um great i will say something now that's gonna probably perplex you david but i've started yeah. another book <laughs> all right while you were doing the bermuda edits another sam pope book <laughs> yeah Wow, so, you, you were so disciplined. That's amazing, Rob. So, so the the run on this one, is, there's two reasons. One, this will be book twelve, which would be the a fourth box set as well. Right. Yes. Um, also, the way I ended the last book, I know is going to be very exciting for my readers because it was very exciting for me because it brings a character back who hasn't been in it for three years. Oh, yes. So if you're excited writing it, you know your readers are going to be excited reading it. And there's three years gap to fill in for that character. So the entire first four or five chapters has got nothing to do with Sam. Ah, right. It's to do with this character and what's been going on for the three years. Brilliant. So that's just sort of flown out of me like i haven't even i've just sat down it's just been so easy to write and usually the beginning of a book is where i struggle fantastic so so yeah so that's been been really good so my plan now is to just keep that momentum going and then i can take a break after that one because i am going on holiday and by by this summer you will have 12 books out and and four box sets yeah that's That's the plan plan. yeah you see that's great that's fantastic and it's great that you're um that you're flying into book 12 because book 11 left you, even the writer, with uh, such a hook that you had to, had to dig your teeth into it. Um, let me make a confession. Go on. While, while you're talking about 50-50 and weighing up, you know, is the time going to be worth it? Is, is it going to bring money? Since writing this Betsy Blake sequel novella, I'm now giving thought to the possibility of turning it into a series uh, inspired by you and other authors we've had on here who write in series but a Mm. series novella so the betsy blake story involved a a sort of a bumbling private investigator lenny moon yeah in the in the sequel novella we go back to him Mm -hmm. and the way i've left off the sequel novella is pretty much with an ellipsis and it's how i finished it i'm thinking that there could be a, a mini series of novellas of Lenny Moon. It's just while I'm I'm still massaging my next novel and my next trilogy in my head, I think I might be able to write these novellas, which are only going to be twenty five or thirty thousand words, once every two months or so. Yeah, which means I can get them if I got six, eight, maybe even ten books out there, uh, and if I could somehow replicate the success you've had with um with Mister Pope then we you know it, it could be something that i know it's not going to take me six months to write mm-hmm. one of them if you know what i mean which it will for for a, a novel but again it's 50 50 it's just something i'm tying in in, in my head and I, I will i will relay my thoughts on the podcast and see how we get on with that over over the next few weeks yeah and i think um 
I mean, we can go into it in a, in another episode in more detail. But the more you write in a series, the easier it becomes to write that character. Which, yeah, because was... you just develop and develop that character, and there's so much rich history and backstory. Like my yeah. Sam Pope story now is spanning into its fourth year. Like can oh, canonically, it really? yeah. yeah, it's like four and a half years since he first kicked off um, yeah. his campaign. So in that time, now in the latest book. Do you know what I mean he's like a legend? Yeah, it makes sense. So is it, I don't have to introduce him the same way I had to before, or build the world around him. So I think it's plus it's definitely those, something there for you. There is there's something about it. You're right. I did sort of get these thirty thousand words down in maybe three and a half weeks or so. Um, and you're right. The tone I know, the voice I know, the characters I know. Mm-hmm. So it has been much. Um, easier uh, that the flow of the writing has been much easier than it is if, I, if i'm creating a whole new world and a, and new characters and new voices and tone so yeah it's it, it definitely helps to write in series from that point of view to in the robert enright we are now going to do part two as you said at the top of the show of our deep dive episode so last week we took a deep dive into facebook ads i have to mm-hmm. say robert i've had a few emails or correspondence from listeners who really really appreciated um, yeah. the hour-long show that we put together last week so, so thank you to our listeners and um, i hope we can give you uh, another interesting episode today this one we're taking the deep dive into amazon ads formerly known as ams that branding seems to to change quite regularly, Rob. I think it's changed three or four times since I've been in the mm. author game. Um, let me uh, put something out there straight away on this. I would say about 70% of my sales over the past five years or so at this game have come through my Facebook ads. I have tried and tried with Amazon ads. I'm continuing to try with Amazon ads. I have hired different people to run my Amazon ads. I am not brilliant at amazon ads and i still have a massive learning curve to go through but what i hope to do um over this next half hour or so that we discuss this topic is to share what i've learned so far yeah i same <laughs> really yeah um yeah. to all our to all our listeners who who you know got hopefully got a load of value from last week's episode because i'd like to think you and i at least know the our way around facebook ads enough to make it pretty uh, profitable and yeah. um, probably can't offer the same guarantee of insight uh, on this topic however this um as always with this podcast david we just talk openly and honestly about our experiences with these areas yeah. and i've been plugging away at amazon ads for years now mm-hmm. um i've 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 done okay on them um but yeah again I'd say they come there about yeah twenty percent of my my sales are generated through Amazon ads the yes. majority through Facebook. However, that's twenty percent of my my income, so they're they're not something you should ignore, um, mm-hmm. especially because again you have to pay to play. But there's no you know there's no barrier for entry into to using Amazon ads. It just takes Absolutely. your time and your effort. So, um, before... and they are. They are key. Sorry, before you say what you're going to say. Uh, The one reason they're they're key and more key than Facebook ads is that when when we deliver a Facebook ad into the Facebook feed of a potential purchaser or reader, 
um, they're quite a cold reader. So they, they didn't come onto Facebook looking to buy a book. No. Um, whereas if you're Amazon, if you're advertising directly to Amazon and in, in the Kindle store, well, then your audience is already warm. Yeah. They're already there for a reason. They're readers. They're in. They have a Kindle. They're interested in Amazon books and, and they're, they're floating around looking for books. So so you're actually hitting a warm slash hot audience. Yeah, uh, so, really so, the, so they are key. So it, it, getting them right, really, I, I think that the big hitters in our game, Louise Ross, LJ Ross, Mark Dawson, these guys who are selling millions and millions of books uh, from in the authoring, they have their Amazon ads sorted. Yeah, absolutely. And it's like you said, there's there's a, there's a, obviously a knack to it. Um, yeah. But um, so so when we talk about Amazon ads, there's a few options you can use. Now, unfortunately, I can't talk on some of these options because I've never used them. Um, so you've got sponsored keywords ads, which is what I do use. You've got lock screen ads. And then I think you've got these branding ads, something like that. Yeah. So my understanding of it is sponsored keywords is if you type in, say if you type in Lee Child or Jack Reacher, whatever the first book's called, I can't remember. Yeah. You will then get a list of Jack, his books, but you always get at the top of these lists, you always get sponsored books yeah. that might not be the book that you've searched for. Now, that's because somebody has targeted that book with an Amazon ad and then like Facebook ads, you have to put a budget against your ad and you have to say how much you're willing to bid on being placed per click. So if you're if you've got a high bid against, say, Lee Child Jack Reacher, which is probably a very popular search um, term, search. Yeah, search term. You'd have to pay more to get your book in front of it. But the reason you have to pay more is because more eyes will be on it. That's how that works in yeah. a nutshell. I think you're I've got dead that right. quite right. You have uh, you explained that perfectly. So the, the frustration with Amazon ads is exactly that, Robert, in that we could all think of search terms that are relate to our book. So for you, Jack Reacher and Lee Child, but they you're not the only one who's going to be targeting Jack Reacher and Lee Child. Whereas for me, psychological thriller or mystery suspense, you know, putting in these keywords at Amazon uh, relate to my book, but I also know they're expensive search terms yeah. that, and I am not the only author looking for them. So the key really with sponsored ads is how can you come up with keywords, relatable mm -hmm. words to your books that people may be searching Amazon for that will allow um, your book to pop up as soon as they search for that term? Yeah. And, and like I said, you can you can sort of invade search terms of other people's books. But mm -hmm. again, like you said, you're not the only one doing it. Hence why is it, it's, in, it's quite difficult to get your money to spend because you don't know what anyone else is bidding. So if they're bidding higher than you, they're going to get picked instead of you yeah. um, to be shown. So that's where the frustration lies. The other ad is lock screen ads. So the lock screen on Kindles. I think you can still do these. I've never done them. Well, you can. Um, well, well. Some I was told, oh, don't do lock screen ads. They, they, they don't yeah. do anything for you. And I'd never taught anything of them, never went near them until we had Jean Granger on the show mm. a few weeks back. And she said she gets great success from lock screen yeah. ads. Again, we, we should say test, test, test. Try everything for you. It might work for you. Yeah, it's um, worth a try. The, uh, the other one, I believe, is like the branding ads, which you see, like, if you go onto any book sales page. Yeah. Um, you'll see like at the top there'll be a banner with somebody else's book on there probably below the 
the information about the book there'll be another banner from someone else there might be another book on the buy now section there'll be a little thing so i think those those are the ads that you sort of invade people's um sales pages but again yeah it's not something i've tested so i can't really talk on it i don't know if you have I, i've slightly tested again i've tested mm. really everything on amazon ads my problem is that i'm not very clever at the search terms i'm using very generic ones like you've mentioned like you would lose <laughs> child. yeah book paperback <laughs> Um, yeah, exactly. No, uh, not far off those generic <laughs> terms. But, but ones I've mentioned, like psychological thriller and mystery suspense novels, um, very, very generic terms that I've used. And then I have used branded ads where I would um, download the, it's not the ISBNs, what is, what's that? The ASINs. ASIN. The ASIN, yeah. Uh, a load of ASINs of books similar to mine and put them in so my books will appear on those mm. sales pages of those books. But Again, a lot of frustration with Amazon ads because if I set an ad to spend a hundred pounds a day, it will spend one pound thirty-five. Yeah, it I just can't get them to spend. So all in all, after about three or four years of trying myself with these sort of keywords and finding brands that I can relate to and have my book appear on, and I'm not spending my money and only spending less than 10% of what I want them to spend. I have used aggregators. I have used companies mm. to do it for me. One which failed me, which didn't do very much. So now I have started with Perpetua, which I have announced on the show there about yeah. three weeks ago. Again, it looks really slow. It doesn't look like they're doing much more than I, I feel was it's doing a myself. Long game. I think Amazon yeah. Ads is a long game. I, I, think I, Amazon I, Amazon I truly believe game. that. Yeah, there's no point in searching even three months after it, you know. No. It, it needs to be um, longer than that. You need... It's like a, it's like a, a real slow cook. Yeah. Um, so, so what would you say? Take Perpetua out of it. Mm-hmm. What would you say is like your overall, like spend to sale ratio, roughly? And my, I, I don't. I could find it out for you now. This is great about being an indie author. All this data available to you. I know my A cost is normally about twenty two to twenty five percent. And that sounds okay. like a, a very, very healthy ACOS. But of course, if I'm if I'm selling a paperback at eleven ninety nine, yeah, I'm really only getting two pound sixty profit from it. Yeah, that's so, that's one so, of the things you need to watch out on the Amazon ads is you'll see how much you've spent, how much you've earned from sales, but those sales are put at like the the retail price. Yes. So if you sell a book for three ninety nine through an Amazon ad. It says on Amazon three ninety nine in sales, which yeah. obviously isn't isn't the cash in your pocket. And while you're looking up, David, my my one is so for like my sort of success with Amazon ads is, I think over time I've spent about four grand. Okay. I've managed to get Amazon to spend, and I think I've made in sales. So again, this isn't all profit. Um, about eight, just under eight and a half. Oh, okay. so my ads work. So, so they work. Yeah. It's just again, it's like you. I can't get them to spend. However, I will. I will caveat that with um, last year, February time, January February time. Mm-hmm. Um, I listened to a webinar from Janet Margot, who used to be. She's obviously a big name in the indie author world. She used to be in chart or work at AMS ads, like Amazon ads. Yeah. Um, and I followed some of the tips she gave, and then from then, I'd say probably about three 
and a half grand of that four grand has probably been spent in the last year <laughs> um, oh, right. because before that i just i just could never get them to work so um yeah and taking advice from people who know what they're doing is always a good thing yeah. um, and like you said david you test 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 i tested them out um i've then tried to apply those learnings to more ads for um the american market which is there ripe for me to take and they did nothing you know that? they did nothing yeah um so it's sluggy so isn't like it a success and failure thing like i haven't failed with amazon ads but i haven't got them to, do you know i mean i'd rather they spent 15 grand a month and made me 30 grand a month yes like, I'd, I'd gladly spend the 100 pound a day on every ad but i just can't get it to work i think that's what the big hitters are doing right yeah Th- those two names be. i mentioned earlier there's more than those but i think they are spending about 10 grand a month on amazon ads and i'm bringing yeah. back 20 or so i've actually got my figures up i didn't know you could do a lifetime on mm. amazon ads so i've spent 13 and a half grand on amazon ads over the past five years and i've had twenty nine thousand in sales so it's not quite the low acos i thought it was that's still uh, lovely though it's still, still nice successful they're still successful it's successful but it's it's that's over five years you know what yeah, i mean no. it's not it's, it's i really if i could spend that um every month as you say that would be amazing yeah if that was a monthly result you'd be you'd be flying yeah yeah um, so um do, i, I do really want to get my amazon ads up and going do you think you find success with amazon ads with your non-fiction book I do. Yes, that's a good one to bring up, Robert. So the, what I've talked about there actually are all my non are all my fiction books, my psychological mm. mystery suspense type stuff. Now, here's the thing. I wrote um, when we were bored in lockdown, I wrote this Alex Ferguson biography, which I've mentioned on the show before. And here was I thinking, well, I'm going to become rich because <laughs> I know how to sell mystery suspense books through facebook because i'm finding people who facebook the facebook algorithms know like mystery suspense Mm -hmm. now if i have an alex ferguson book and facebook knows how to find manchester united fans ka-ching yeah here's big money (laughs) but the alex ferguson book won't sell through facebook ads I think it's a bit like try. I've likened it. I've used this similar metaphor before to say it's a bit like trying to sell a Bible to a Christian, mm. because if you put Christian into Facebook, what is a Christian? I'm a Christian because I was christened, but I don't go to mass and I, 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 you know, I don't read the Bible. Do you know what I mean? So, and what is a Manchester United fan? I'm a Manchester United fan. An idiot. Um, I'm an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm always up. smiling. We're, we're successful. Um, but you know what I mean? There's such a level of degree of what a Man United fan is. Yeah. I know Man United fans that would never read an Alex Ferguson biography. Exactly. So I haven't been... So my, haha, I'm going to be rich, didn't work out because a, trying to reach Man United fans on Facebook was like trying to find a bit of fluff in a clown's pocket it was just way too wide mm. and undefined audience um but i have had success with amazon ads with the alex ferguson book because that's a bit more specific so people who were who are looking for manchester united gifts at christmas or you know alex sporting ferguson books or man united books sport biographies exactly yeah. a bit more definitive uh, search terms and every and it's not dis- a cold audience it's not a cold audience. It's exactly. people who are in shopping for that type of stuff. 
Exactly. And that's why Amazon ads are, are still important, still an important part. Because yeah. if you didn't have Amazon ads, you wouldn't have sold, you wouldn't be having like nice Christmases that you're having with your Alex book. Exactly. And in Christmas, so I've had two Christmases with Alex, but Christmas one brought me in £30,000 in profit into my pocket. Mm. It, it turned over over £100,000 in one month in that Christmas month. And then last Christmas, I was thinking, oh, is it going to do the same? What's going to happen? Um, not quite the same. It brought me in about £18,000 into my pocket. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, still, but that's, still that, tremendous, that, isn't it? <laughs> it's still a Merry Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I'm not sure how long that will last. I think I'm going to update the Alex book um, for this Christmas, bring mm-hmm. it more up to date. Uh, I need to find out more information. I'm a bit sort of dreading that because I have to go back to some sources and get some more information. But anyway, I'm going to do that. But that, funny enough, that works with Amazon ads, whereas my Mystery Suspense fiction books, I can't really get them to motor on Amazon and I, ads. And I think and I that's think, quite telling. I think it's a really good point. And I think the point, it goes back to the point you made at the beginning and the one I just referenced there that Amazon ads are targeting people who are already there looking for something similar. Yes. So they are very worth doing. Um, it's mm-hmm. just just a bit tricky to to get them to spend but i believe david you've already mentioned you're you've, you're working with perpetua who yeah. are an aggregator so they're they're amazon ad experts so that's a resource you could use yes um expensive yeah i think you need to put like a set budget in yeah. uh, one of the other resources you can get so um dave chesson is probably also a name that's quite well known in the indie author community uh, he's yeah. in charge or he he created the publisher rocket i believe it's that's still right yeah. so i have that i bought it years ago when it used to be a different name i think it might used to be called kdp rocket potentially um he's got a great website um full of useful uh, tips and videos and and resources for indie authors so i'll stick that in great. the in the in the facebook chat group but what publisher rocket is is you pay for it it's a one-off payment like vellum it's a piece of software and what it does is it allows you to search for categories and um for like your books that give you like how many people are in there how many books does it take to climb the charts that type of thing it's very Great. useful piece of software i'll caveat with it saying i don't know how accurate it is at times um, yeah because i've i've used it and then i've checked my own stuff and it hasn't hasn't lined up but one of the things it uh, does do is it, it does a keyword search for you so um if you're if you're struggling to get keywords or if you just want to do it quickly because it could be a long task you can go into this um piece of software and you could type in you could type in me you could type in robert and like sam pope yeah enter and it'll generate and then it'll go it will give you all the names of the books and then other books similar to it and the author names so then what you could do is you can then download that as a excel file and then literally import that into amazon as each line being the night shift the takers um stuff like that so it's a resource that allows you to generate so you just think of 10 authors in your genre and it will generate keywords for every single one of them for you so mm-hmm. it saves a lot of time so there, there is resources like that out there to try and help you do this and i would recommend like i said i'll put the i'll put his website in the in the facebook group for people to look at their um to check it out for themselves but he has got a lot of resource on there around sort of amazon and amazon ads brilliant yeah there are definitely people there are services uh, within the indie community that can help you with your amazon ads just be careful 
Mm-hmm. An awful lot of them are looking for you to spend an awful lot of money because they'll get a pro rata uh, percentage of your sales. Um, be careful with, with them. But but the, the couple that you've mentioned so far, Rob, I, I know to be fairly uh, legitimate. Yeah. Um, so I would, like I said, I would, I would never push something I don't use myself. Um, yeah. we're not affiliated in any way so there's not, yeah. we're, not, we're, we're, we're not affiliated with anybody no um but it, it's 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 a service i've used and it has helped um however if we go on to sort of some tips that we can offer our listeners david um i've just yeah. spoke about using publisher rocket to get um your your keywords i actually found more success doing it myself Oh, really? So, Interesting. Okay. Um, and this was taking tips off for, from Janet Margot. And this is what I did last February that got my Amazon ads started working instantly. I just haven't been able to scale them. And they've mm-hmm. worked every month since, at least double what I'm spending. Um, what she Great. said is, don't do one ad with 500 keywords in it. Okay. What you should do. So what I, what I do is I break it down. I have one ad per author, right? Per so I, comparative author? Yeah, so I have, okay. tw- I have 20 comparative authors on this big spreadsheet I have. Each one's got their own tab, and each one has their own ad set up against them. And then what I've also done, and she put this tip in there, Janet Margot, which was also do an ad. So you have one ad to this author, which targets all these keywords. So yeah. if I do Lee Child, I'll do Lee Child, Lee Child, Jack Reacher, Lee Child, the hard all the all, all the titles. So I do all the titles, and I also do all the titles with Lee Child as a precursor. Oh, okay. Um, And then I do all of them with Jack Reacher as a precursor as well. Yeah. It's very easy to do, copy and paste. But then also, within that ad, so I have two ads in that one ad set. So I have an ad set for Lee Child. So I have a keyword one, but then I also do a separate ad where all I target is the ASIN numbers for every single one of his books. Oh, right. And the ASIN numbers are the ones that get me more sales. The other big tip ah, is really? I get about 85% of my sales on Amazon through the ASIN ads targeting my own books. Yeah, me too. So if there's one tip I could pass on, apart from, you know, be sensible with your ads in regards to like be neat and tidy with them because it will pay off in the long run like give them good naming conventions do you know keep a spreadsheet of your keywords and asin numbers because it makes it a lot easier to update those ads when new books come out Mm -hmm. but also set an ad up today targeting yourself and set an ad up now with your asin numbers because you will generate sales that way because what happens then is you put your book more in front of people when people are looking at your books. And it's, it's just that thing of, okay, fine, I'll buy it. <laughs> yes, I, I, it gives me a headache that sometimes because when I look at my Amazon ads, I think, oh, this one's performing really well. And then when I click into it, I find that the keywords that are working that are generating me sales are David B. Lyons books or In the Middle of Middle America, you know, one of my own titles. Mm-hmm. And, I'm going, and I'm thinking, oh, well, they would have found it anyway, right? Why am no. I paying 30p for this click <laughs> when they would have found it anyway? But well, one of the things um, we'll say there, just from what you're saying about your ad, to go back to my point about having a separate ad for every single one of them, Yeah, I can see straight away looking at my dashboard 
which comparative authors I'm getting the best results against because I have an ad yeah. for each one. I'd have to go yeah. in to see the keyword. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I, just make your life easy. I, I I would suggest that to to our listeners is to make your life easier by breaking oh, yeah. it down that way. Oh, definitely. Yeah, with your naming, how you name your ads. Yeah, yeah. Stay on top of that type of thing. But just I understand spending thirty p a click on a comparative author or a comparative book, but spending thirty p on a click on my own name sort of riles me a little bit because I think, well, they would have found me anyway. They're, they were literally looking for me. But <laughs> with the way a fellow author said it to me is, listen, if you put in David B. Lyons on Amazon and another book is the first one seen. Exactly. Uh, so you need to own that space. You need to own any. So whatever your author name is, make sure you can kind of own that space on Amazon when somebody enters your name. Yeah, so I think it's, I think that's known as like defensive marketing or something. But right, that's yeah. that's exactly it. First thing yeah. you, t- and the thing is, you can add all your books to yeah. to these ads. So you could dominate your own space with your own books, which, like you said, makes sense. You know, you don't, I don't want someone typing in Robert Robert Enright and getting Lee Child. I mean, not that he's targeting me, but do you know what I mean? But yeah, no, that's the that's the example. Yeah, yeah, somebody else will own that space. Um, so yeah, it it sounds annoying to have to pay to have your own name clicked, but it makes sense that you own as much um, much of the premises you can around your branding when it comes to people searching for you on Amazon, you or your books. Yeah, and and before we leave this topic, David, um, just a few words. Where where do you stand on attribution links? We spoke about it on the podcast before. It's something that you set up through your Amazon marketing dashboard. Um, where was your viewpoint on it? Sum it up quickly. Um, it gives me the same frustration as Amazon affiliate links mm-hmm. give, give me in that um, I'm selling, say I sell 30 books a day and I know, well, this ad is working because it's selling me 30 books a day. The Amazon attribution link or the Amazon affiliate link will say, this ad sold you five books today. <laughs> I'm thinking, it didn't. It sold me many, many more than that. I don't know. I just don't trust. The data seems to me to be slow or yeah. not. it's not accurate in some way. It's it's always below what it should be. Is that your experience of it? I've stopped looking at them. You stopped even looking, yeah. So, so I had days where I'd sold like a hundred or something books and I looked at my, my attribution links across my two ads that I was testing to see which was more effective and each one had like two sales. So I was like, right. well, and I know my Amazon ads aren't selling that much. There's no yeah. way I sold this many books today without my Facebook ads because of the amount yeah. of clicks I've had today. So I just, until it becomes something concrete, yeah. I can't I can't use it as a, a useful tool to make business decisions. I just can't. I think we mentioned this on the show in that it will really only count if somebody clicks that link and buys there and then, mm-hmm. as opposed to somebody who clicks in the link and think, oh yeah, I might buy that book. And then two or three days later, they buy it. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, that would make sense in terms of the data we're getting from attribution links and affiliate links. But it, it, it's frustrating because you, you really don't know where the sales are coming from. So yeah, it, it can it can give you a headache easily. Two in the 
It's time for the mailbag. Mailbag.com. It's another lawsuit coming our way, David. Fuck it. Damn it. I'm costing us more money. Yeah, just that's all David is. Just a big hole in our expenses. Um, But (laughs) this week, David, um, our listener Claire Condren has sent in a wonderful question. I believe she posted it in our Facebook group. So Claire says, you may have covered this already, but what would be your biggest tips for someone about to release their first book? I am planning on releasing mine in May. Now, before I give that over to you, David, I will just point Claire in the direction of, I think it's episode 14. It's called Ready to Launch, mm-hmm. um, where you and I spoke quite in depth, maybe not about our first book, um, but just all the things we tick off on our process of making sure we launch a book out correctly. So I would definitely recommend, Claire, that you check that episode out. Um, But, David, do you Mm -hmm. have any big tip for somebody releasing their first book? First book. Well, first of all, from the two indie authors, Claire, many congratulations. Mm, Absolutely. Not an easy thing to do. Uh, Congratulations on writing your first book. Uh, You're about to publish it. So, yeah, I mean, get it published. Mm -hmm. I would recommend, although don't take my word for it, but I would recommend publishing it exclusively with Amazon on ebook first and then putting it wide through paperback also through KDP Amazon and, and maybe through Ingram Spark so they can distribute it to stores if stores are looking for it uh-huh. but um, just limit it on the Kindle to Amazon at first and if you want to go wide uh, perhaps you can look at that further down the line I would also ask you Claire so congratulations you, you, you've You've written a book. It's about to be published. Uh, if you want to make some money from it, I would recommend running some small-scale Facebook ads. Try and get your targeting right. Take a listen to the last episode, which was episode 23 of the two in the orders about how to run some Facebook ads. And, you know, leave them running for a couple of weeks and, you know, maybe spend £50 or £100 and see if you can, you know, bring back some profit. And then it's a case of, of scaling it up. You, you may you may find you're getting some profit from the KU page reads if you stay mm-hmm. exclusive to Amazon. Um, what else would I recommend? Definitely recommend that you get your front and back matter correct, yeah. Claire. We've also done a, a podcast on that. I'm not sure what the, the episode number is, but we have done one I'll on find back. Out for you. Is it called Back Matter Chatter? A front and back matter chatter. And I believe, okay. I believe it's one of our earlier ones. So episode yeah. seven, we talk about the front and back of our books and what we put in there yeah yeah so if you can start collating signups for your newsletter or um collating collecting data from those who have read your books we can get their email address as episode 22 episode 22 yes about mailing this we got you covered here claire yeah well we're just referring you back to episodes um so yeah if you get your front and back matter right to sort of collate some email addresses of those who have read your books well then you're you're all ready winning uh, if you if you plan on writing a second book and you know what that's titled can you link to that perhaps or tease that at, at the back matter of your next book but listen congratulations enjoy it take your time let's see if you can start um, making money from that book yeah um i will now uh, add uh, a little bit on there about definitely enjoy it but one thing i will just as my tip for you um about to release your first book is be realistic um 
because it's it's wonderful. It's such a it's a hell of an achievement, but it will be hard to get one book from an unknown author to sell loads. Like you can mm-hmm. run out Facebook ads and you can test it, um, but I think unless you like strike it lucky, like and then some people do, they just write the right book for the right audience at the right time and it goes like. Yeah, I've done um, that. I have made a hit yeah. that, uh, from one book, but yeah, it's, it's difficult. It is difficult, and it doesn't happen uh, low. So if that doesn't happen, like, don't get disheartened, um, because if you don't see like your sales and your page reads hitting the heights that you might listen to podcasts like ours, where we're talking about the sales and page reads we're doing. Just remember, we've been doing this a lot. You know, we've been doing this for years. We've got a number of books, and we're ten or so, eleven books deep each. Me and Rob. Yeah, exactly. Um, so just keep focused. I would just say crack on to the next book. Because um, like I say, nothing sells your book better than your next book. He said it again. Um, this is 24 episodes in a row. Yeah. But I'm just, I'd say don't be disheartened if you launch a book out and it doesn't sell thousands in the first month. Yeah, um, oh, absolutely. Just just keep your, keep your eyes on the prize and just keep focused. Um, and lastly, don't get your friends and family to buy it unless they're your target audience i think we've been over that before good tip yeah yeah Yeah. but yeah congrats congratulations claire and yeah definitely keep us posted on how you get on please do rob we are at that time of the show again it is time for the seven questions and this week we have a fantastic uh, debut Mm. author duncan rob lined up to speak with us duncan thank you so much for giving us your time this morning you're very welcome nice to nice to be here brilliant well it's our pleasure um duncan you have published one book uh, so far with uh scope to, to publish some more can you tell us about your 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 novel so far I published Sharp Focus uh, last November um, after what seemed like decades. Um, <laughs> I eventually got it out there. And so I'm on working on the second book now. The idea is it's a series with a, the same protagonist, the same characters in it. Oh, brilliant. Um, very, very much along the lines that I've, I've picked up over the um, the last couple of years, just seeing what you guys do, what other guys do when you create a series and you create that that desire to find out what the characters are doing. So that's kind of where it's at at the moment. So yeah, Sharp Folks has been out there and it's it's selling slowly on Amazon. Fantastic. Well, well done. Congratulations on, on your on your sales so far. Uh, many more to come, many more books to come, many more sales to come. Um, I think, Duncan, we might get under the hood and see this sort of... Uh, you find out what decisions you have made in your indie publishing career so far. Is that okay? Yeah, great. Okay, let's hit Duncan with the seven questions. Fantastic. Duncan, here we go. Question number one. Are you a full-time author? I wish I was. That's the intention, but no, I'm not. Um, that's that's <laughs> the plan, and hopefully one day I will be. But yeah. I work probably 50-50 um, I try and write in the mornings and in the afternoon I work on my wife's business. She's a, a top flight psychotherapist and we're doing a lot uh-huh. of online work and we've created an online course and my sort of technical skills, if you like, in that, that respect are what's required there to produce the videos, get them out there, do the adverts, things like that. Fantastic. Oh, so that'll be great. That's, that's quite time consuming. So, um, yeah, that's I'll write in the morning, do that in the afternoon. 
Fantastic. Nice. So um, the intention is to, to get more books out there about Susie Jones. She's your Yes, Susie Jones protagonist. is my... Yes, absolutely. So she's got... The, the, the idea is, with a, obviously, with an investigative journalist, they could go anywhere in the world, do anything, and it's a kind of open book to um, for all sorts of adventures and excitement. Brilliant. Yeah, you've got so much scope for story. Um, you really have there. So let's say by maybe the end of this year, when you've got three books out, you will be handing your notice into your wife. <laughs> I don't think she'd be very <laughs> pleased. But um, I mean, I've got my plan is to get book two out by June and then book three out by the end of the year. So, yes, you're quite right. Whether I, I heard one, I think one of you guys said last week or the week before that you need five or six books out before you can start really making you know, you can pack yes. your job in and you might get profitable after three books, but really you need five or six to make it viable. It, do, it does seem to be the number mentioned quite a lot. Far, I think Mark Dawson has even said it was five books for him. Uh, it, a, a lot of authors I've spoken to tend to suggest to me that between books five and six is when they, they start seeing the thousands of pounds profit per month come in where you can really yeah. start to, to think you can do this full time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's, that was a, you know, yeah. it's a long game, isn't it? Yep. Yes, yes, yeah, a bit of patience and um, some talent, which you certainly have. The, the reviews on your books are fantastic. Um, so let's see what decisions you've made so far in your short time as being an indie author, Duncan. Uh, question two is, did you decide to go wide or exclusive with this book? I, I went exclusive. I followed the guidance of various experts that have followed. And um, it, it, it's strange enough... A couple of years ago, I'd never even heard of KDP or Amazon. I, I was in that that mindset after years and years of thinking you had to get a literary agent, you had to get a publisher, mm-hmm. and all that. And then when I discovered um, that you could go self-publishing, and it was a it was a proper business these days, and it wasn't just a kind of vanity object, yeah, or vanity project. Um, so yeah, I went exclusive. Um, so I'm now in my second enrollment period with Amazon. So in that first ninety days, I did a free a free deal around about uh, Christmas time, and that was really good. I mean, I sold well, downloaded nearly four thousand books at that time over the five days. Um, Obviously, not made any money, but the the fact that that many people had got the book, whether they just it just sits in their in their Kindle and don't read it or not, I don't know. But hopefully, it'll lead to some reviews and it'll it'll jump it up the algorithm. It did get the book up to number one in medical thrillers of all things, and I think number oh. five in suspense thrillers. For you know how it does it, just, it jumps up for a twenty four hours and it disappears again. Yeah, but that was very good. So I'm on my second enrollment, my second ninety day enrollment, and I've done a countdown deal a few weeks ago, which I backed up with some Facebook adverts. Nice. And I got a lot of clicks, but not many sales. Okay. Which is an interesting. You could we could talk about that a bit, you know, a bit more detail at some point. But yeah, that yeah. was um, you know, I spent what 130 pounds or something over um, uh, five over a week. Mm-hmm. I had 527 clicks at 26 pence a click. I've written the figures down here, and it resulted in 22 sales. <laughs> ah. So, so that worked out as six pounds a book to sell it. So. Not the best thing, but um, okay. you, know, you, you learn like all these things. I mean, you, you've you said yourself on, on some of the podcasts that you, it's all a learning process. You've got to make these mistakes to um, to move forward. That's it. Yeah. It sounds like I you're testing. You, is it... You're gone, David. Sorry, it's, uh, you're, you're testing, Duncan, which is really what you should be doing at this point. Yeah, yeah. finding out what works for you. Sorry, yeah. Rob, I talked over you. 
No, no, that's fine. It's um, I was just saying, as long as you, as long as you, like you said, you take the data away, you have a look at it, and then you start testing with different ads, different blurbs, those types of things, until you get how it works. Like I say, it's completely just you keep testing and keep testing and trying, and yes. eventually you you um nail it. One thing I will just add, add for you there is, if you had four thousand downloads of a free book, if you had a second book at the yeah. back of it, because I always talk about having another book, um, and things like that. You could have four thousand people download a book for free, and then if fifty percent of them read it and was like, "Oh, I like that," I'll read the next one. You end up taking on two thousand sales and stuff like that. That's the long game of it. Yes, I think that's that's the plan. I mean, I did put the first um, the prologue of book two in, at the end of book one. Ah, so people know that the, the book two is coming. Great. So you're, um, you're teasing you're teasing them into a series already. Yes, and I've got a. A link to a lead magnet at the end of book one as well. Oh, good. Oh, great. Good so, back matter. So, yeah. if you did have a release date for book two, um, and you had the cover design, you could really put that into the back matter, and you could start selling book two before you've even finished writing it. That's the plan. I mean, I did that in November when I um I, I set myself a, I think a target of a deadline of the eleventh of November, and of course, it's you know what deadlines are like. Yes, <laughs> they rush towards you at an alarming speed, and um, I got it out probably too quickly, and I had to do a few amendments um, when people spotted a few glaring typos. Mm. Um, oh yes. So yeah, it's a good idea to get it out. They get the, get the pre-orders, get the, the a bit of a buzz going, but. I think I need to be pretty damn sure that it's it's going to be right when I when I put a, a release date in. Brilliant. Absolutely. Um, so, Duncan, question three: Name the one service you use as an indie author that you cannot do without. I've, <laughs> it's a. I've, been, I've I've heard on some of the shows everybody trying to pin it down to one. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> it's really difficult trying to go to one when there's so many. If you talk of services in, in terms of um, applications and programs that we use, they all work together. There's a kind of seamless um, path from one to the next. And I yeah. suppose the, the one common thing is obviously the internet. Um, and for a lot of us, um, at the, the service of Amazon have been able to promote your books online and have their marketing machine behind you. But I mean, I use things like Plotter, I use Scrivener, I use Atticus, Photoshop, Book funnel, MailerLite, KDP. There's, they all work one after the other. It's a, it's a, it's a process. Yes. And trying to pick out one of those would be almost impossible. Interesting. Well, you know, an awful lot of the um, brands so far for only being in the game about three or four months. So it, it feels like you've set up everything in the right way. You just need to produce these books now to start making big profit from them. That is it, yeah. It's just yeah. I keep bashing my head over there, myself over there, saying, "Write the damn thing, keep writing." <laughs> oh, I know that absolutely. I, I know that bash over the head well. <laughs> Brilliant. So that brings it. You, you brushed on question four already, Duncan. But uh, we might with, with some data that you shared with us. But question four is: How do you market your books? So at the moment, I'm doing Facebook advertising. Um, I did a campaign for the, the lead magnet that I've said I put at the back of the book. Um, I spent some money on that just for, a, I think, a week or two weeks just to see what sort of response I got to that lead magnet. So Brilliant. directing people to a book funnel page and book funnel and MailerLite are integrated. So uh, they see the advert, click on that, and they get the get the, the free book, the free MailerLite, the, the free lead magnet sent to them. And that was just a, a sort of 5,000-word 
a prequel to Sharp mm. Focus, if you like. So well, right. it was, you know, what happened, how they, how they, they originally met the two protagonists. And that, that gave me uh, 180 new signups to my mailing list. Because I know, you know, what you say about the importance of a mailing list mm-hmm. um, as a yeah. marketing tool. I thought that was essential. And I mean, obviously, I can, I can keep running that if I wanted to. Just to yeah. just to try and build up that mailing list, but yeah, certainly Facebook adverts. I'm trying to get my head around Amazon ads because that's a it, it's I've, I've been using Facebook adverts for uh, for some time, yeah. and the Amazon platform is very different. So I'm trying to get my head around that and learn that. Um, but I mean, other things like just I, I go on local radio about once a month, and they've got a little BBC oh, Radio cool. Derby does a little sort of um, you know go on there and have a bit of a chat with the guy. Um, so they, he's always very good at mentioning me and mentioning the book. Um, the award I, I got, I was shortlisted for one for the Lindisfarne Prize last year, which was really, really useful. That, that gave oh. me a lot of publicity. Really? Um, so I think, you know, just entering other awards is always a good marketing ploy. If, um, yeah. You know, some of them are free, some of them you have to pay to enter, but just getting shortlisted, it's a huge boost and it's a lot of, um, sort of credibility when you're advertising. That you can say oh. you've been shortlisted or longlisted or whatever. Absolutely, congratulations on that shortlist for the prize. Um, Duncan, it it seems like you have you've definitely got your your ducks in order. You know what it's going to take to be a success at this game. You're you're putting all the uh, plans in place. It's just a matter, really, as we said, of getting those books out there and, and selling them. Yes, I think the biggest inspiration I got was uh, was a year ago, or a bit more than a year ago, was listening to um, an interview, well, a KDP interview with Louise Ross. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I'd never, I'd, I'd read a couple of her books. I said, oh, I'll read, I'll see the interview, see what it's about. I'd never heard of KDP. I don't know if you can imagine that. <laughs> um, and that was when my eyes were opened. And I discovered mm-hmm. Louise is actually lives in my hometown in Northumberland. Oh, you're um, up there. Nice. So I, I live in Derbyshire now, but she, she lives up oh, there. Oh, right. And I went back up there to the book festival in June last year and met her and said, you know, would she read the book? And she said, no, but why don't you enter the Lindisfarne Prize that she promotes? Um, and that was that was kind of opened the gates for me, really, because when I got shortlisted for that, that made a huge difference. And Louise is just such a prolific writer. I never realized that people could write more than one book a year. It took me 10 yeah. years to get my yeah. next. <laughs> I know and what you she's, mean, yeah. she's, you know, you guys are amazing the way that you can put books out so quickly uh, and really good quality books as well. And that uh, oh, makes such you. a difference. And when people are doing that, it inspires you to realize that if you just get your head down and write, um, then... Yeah. You can, you can make some money at this game. Yeah, Louise is, is the great shining example of that. She really is. And yeah. she's an absolute, uh, she's brilliant within the authors as well as uh, paying it back. Yeah, definitely. She's, she's a real inspiration. She does so much for independent booksellers and writers, yeah. um, as well as all the readers who love what she does. Um, and I mean, locally, she's, she's a great ambassador for the Northeast as well. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I had a little chat with her when I went back up in December to um, the Newcastle Book Festival, Newcastle Noir, um, and uh, she was doing a little panel session there. And she's just so full of enthusiasm and, you know, motivation. It's it's great. Yeah, yeah no, Louise is someone I've, um, I've, I've spoken to as well, personally, and she, she's, she's had an impact on my mentality and, and my motivation. Um, before, before we move on to question five, uh, Duncan, I will just say this week's episode that you'll be appearing on we actually go into talking about Amazon ads and about how we do it. So yeah, definitely oh, great. Uh, 
Well, yeah, well, hopefully we'll have some stuff there for you. Um, but question five, what's the one thing you know now that you wish you knew from the outset? Well, there's, you, from the outset, I knew nothing. So everything I know now is an improvement <laughs> on that. But I think the one thing that I've learned over the last few years is how helpful everybody is. I mean, mm-hmm. people yeah. like you guys who are doing all the work and putting something like this podcast out, you've no idea how much it helps people. Um, every every right. episode, there's a little nugget there, which just can make such a difference. And I found other authors and people in the business are really keen to help out and pass on their information, their advice. And that is, it's, it's such a, it makes such a difference. And just saying, oh, have you checked out this website or have you ever read this book or um, things like that? And people are just so helpful and so, so friendly. I think that's what mm-hmm. I love about it. Yeah, Absolutely. It's, it's, it's an amazing place to be a part of. And once you realize it's not a competition, yeah. that everyone's pulling in the same direction, it's, it really makes it a lot easier to interact and to, to get your head down. Yeah, it really does. Yeah. yeah. Some so, great people in the, in the auto community. Yeah. I mean, even, you know, it was the last week's episode when you had uh, it was Ivan Wainwright you had on and he mentioned clay printers. Yes. Um, yeah. I just been onto their website and had a look and I, you know, I think you guys, it was a, an eye opener for you. And um, I thought, Oh, right. That's quite interesting. Because if it's one of those things, if you had the budget, it's like doing audio books. If you've got the budget to do an audio book, then great. If yes. you've got the budget to have 500 books printed, then you can go around to local bookshops and, you know, do a sale and return with them or, or whatever, or book signing. But it's just little, little nuggets like that. Really, really mm-hmm. useful. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, Rob and I are learning every week on on the podcast from from authors who are even uh, much further behind us, uh, such as yourself, but with just one book or so. We're learning from everybody. It really is a great community. I'm sure. Um. So, from talking about positives about being an indie author, the next question, question six of the seven questions, is: What's the biggest frustration for you as an indie author? <laughs> I bet everybody says the same thing: finding time. Yeah. Um, yeah. And just, I think the other thing is going down rabbit holes. Just you, you start writing something. You think, well, oh, better just research this. And then an hour goes by, and you think, all oh, right, well, I've worked that out. That's, that's that's sixty minutes I could have been writing for. Um, and it's just that discipline because life gets in the way, doesn't it? I mean, um, there's yep. so many other things going on, and you can't just shut yourself away um, and do nothing else. So it yeah, sure it's, it's that that frustration of just not having the time. I know. And I, I look at people well, we, like um, Lu- Louise Ross that you've just mentioned. And I think, does she have 25 hours in a day? Has she got more time than I have? <laughs> yeah. I, I asked her that question. I said, how the hell do you do it? And she said, coffee and chocolate. <laughs> yeah. that, was her, that was her answer. Um, but yeah, it, it, it is It is tricky. And it's, um, you know, we've got other things, um, um, you know, try to get, get some exercise in, walk the dogs, see kids, you know. Um, yeah. It's, there's, an, there's an awful lot of other things to do and you have to prioritise at some point. We do, yeah. And and um, I think we did an episode two, uh, three, four weeks back, David, where I think I went into quite a lot about um, how I wrote my books while I had a full-time job and started a new yeah. family and things like that. And unfortunately, it is about things you have to sacrifice or weigh up what's what you want to do more and things like that. But once you get a hold of it, it is possible to to start writing consistently as long as you get get as regularly as you can. You'll you'll soon realize, oh crap, I've written twenty thousand words here. I have to see it yeah. for the end. It's just making that commitment, really, isn't it? But that's it. Yeah. So it's, it's yeah. a frustration shared by the entire 
community, I imagine. Um, yeah. Final question for you, Duncan, before you go. You've faced our questions. You've answered them wonderfully. Um, but question seven, what's the one piece of advice you would pass on to our listeners? Uh, well, I think just going back to what I said before about going down rabbit holes, um, especially with first draft, I, I realise now after, I mean, the um, I finished Sharp Focus four or five years ago. I wrote the ah. end and thought that was it. And then you realise that the first draft is just you know, rubbish and you can, you can make a start and actually producing a book after you've written the, the first draft. And I yeah. think it was that, that, um, just get, get the thing finished, get it, get, get it written and then, and then start working on it. Cause I think it's so easy to get bogged down in the detail when you're writing the first draft. Um, yeah. and I don't know if this applies to everybody, but that's, that's certainly applied to me. And I think the one thing that I, a bit of advice, if you like, but the the book that I read that made a big difference to me was um, Stephen King's writing a memoir. Um, right. And I read that once I was stuck in an aeroplane. I couldn't get out of it because it was grounded or something. And I read virtually the whole book and it, and it was a real eye opener. And it was yeah. just basically, if you want to be a writer, then write, um, you know, exclusive deleted here. But I mean, just, just get on and write. And it was just, it was a really good read apart from anything else. But it was such a, an inspiring book in terms of if you want to be a writer, just write. Yeah, I, I've taught that book. I've actually, I've read it maybe about 15 times at this stage because I used to add it to the syllabus when I was teaching creative writing. So I'm a big fan of that um, Stephen King book on writing. Also a big fan of yours, Duncan. Thank you so much for facing the seven questions. It's Duncan Robb. Sharp Focus is his debut novel, A Susie Jones Investigation. Duncan, thank you so much for your time this morning. You're welcome. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Duncan. Bye. To David, our seven questions continue to amaze me. I have so much fun with them. And wasn't Duncan just an absolute star? Yeah, he really was. It's it, it, it's such a good feature to have on our show. We're very grateful to Duncan and the other 23 mm -hmm. uh, authors who have given us their time uh, so far. Because I swear it doesn't matter, Rob, and I'm not... I'm not saying this for the sake of saying something nice. Mm -hmm. it, it it could be a very inexperienced indie author with one book out like um, Duncan has, or it could be somebody who sold a million copies like we have had uh, Gene Granger on the show. I'm, I'm learned from everybody. Yeah. I genuinely do. I learn from every guest that we have on this show on, on the seven cues um, feature. It, 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 it really does what we set out to do when we started this podcast it just pays it back yeah it's it, it's about supporting in the authors it just shines a light on how many routes there are to get to where you want to get to um, yeah and hopefully we can be a helpful or guiding voice along the way um but if anyone is listening to this and they would like to jump in the seat david tackle our questions how can they do that Yes, we have on our Facebook page pinned to the very top. So this is the Two Indie Authors podcast. There's a Facebook page at the very top. Robert has pinned a sheet that you can fill out. It only takes about 60 seconds. We're looking for a couple of details from you. Um, your name, your, your email address, um, how many books you've published mm -hmm. thus far and how many books you published. That's all we need to know. And we will be in contact with you once you fill in that form to have you as one of our guests. Fantastic. Now, before I let you go, David, can you let mm -hmm. our listeners know what you're planning 
over the next week or so? I will have Whatever Happened Next, which is the follow-up to Whatever Happened to Betsy Blake. Also a good on, title. Good title. Uh, and they've done a good job, quite a striking job on the cover. So that will be made available for pre-sale by the time I'm speaking to you next week. I will also nice. have it finished. But certainly the first draft, I'll be working on redrafts and I'll, I'll give myself up until the end of August or April, should I say, to get that right, ready for a very early May release. What about you, my good friend? What are you going to do over the next seven days? Um, I have a book bub oh, this weekend. Oh, that's right. Oh, that's for, this weekend. For one by one, yeah. So I don't really work at the weekends, but I'll be keeping an eye on that. Um, I've done my Bermuda edits, so I will just see if the momentum on the new Sam Pope book continues, and I'll just be writing that. If not, I'll delve Brilliant. into the read-through of my previous books. But yeah, it's a nice week ahead, so I'm looking forward to it. It's David, good. we send a big thank you out to Duncan for joining us. A massive yeah. thank you to our listeners. A thank you to you for your time. And today. you. And you. And a thank you to me. And we will see you next week on... Dum 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 d